Welcome, welcome, welcome. You guys ready to party? I said, are you ready to party? I need to know if I can start the party. You know what? Start the party. Did Michael give you permission to do this? Start the party. All right, Brian. So, I I ran into this girl the other day, and okay. I'm thinking of asking her out. All right. But I feel like we don't have anything in common, and I just don't know what I'm going to talk to her about. Well, here's, well, what does she do? So, she trains sea otters. Okay. And um, she gets coffee at four okay and that is all i know about her this is not a lot to go off of i've just seen her do you know her name okay you don't know her name all right so you're gonna go to the coffee shop Mm -hmm. you're going to dress up like a sea otter this is a bold move okay okay stick with me here all right and you're going, you know, girls love pickup lines. They really love them. Do they? Yeah. Oh, okay. Totally. Okay. That's their favorite. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so we need to think of something really just like a good one-liner, something you'd hear in like a romantic comedy. Uh-huh. Something to do with seals. Like, so you want to walk up to her, toss her a fish, toss her a ball. Uh-huh. Whatever she uses in her seal training, and then she, she, otters. It's uh, otters. Oh, sorry, sorry. Okay. Yeah. You want to get that right. Uh huh. Her otter training. Yeah. And so throw her a fish. Uh huh. And then say, "Hey, baby, do you want to seal the deal with me?" But she trains otters. Well, she'll get it though. Okay, I think I'm just gonna be alone forever. That's fine. I'm sorry. Okay, well, speaking of picking up hot girls, Michael fails to do that. Yes, as well. he does. Pretty hard. Um, Very hard, actually. Yeah. A little, a little too much. It's kind of sad how desperate he is. <laughs> I. Uh, it's got to be so lonely. Don't you think? I mean, that's the reason he does it. Uh, I, I've kind of uh, researched. And kind of typed up a big thing about Michael's character because it's pretty much just a Michael character episode. And I'm realizing the more that we're watching is that pretty much every episode is that. Yeah, that's true. And that's why I think it's even more uh, to their detriment when he leaves is because they don't know what to do with an episode. They've relied on his character so much Uh that when you take away that much of a support, it's like, we should just close this ship down. I know. Yeah. (laughs) And I I don't know about you, but I find this episode to be one of the weaker ones, at least from a comedy standpoint. Hmm. Um, However, from a character building standpoint, it says a lot about Michael. What are some of your reasons for why it's not as strong comedically? Um, I don't know. Just as I was watching it, I 
didn't laugh that much. Mm. Um, and I know I've seen it before, but usually, you know, I still get like a chuckle out of it. Right. I know we've talked about character development a lot so far, but the show isn't about the situations they're in, but more so about the character, about what the character does. Yes. A plot is either situational or characteristic, and this one's definitely more characteristic. Mm -hmm. So I think it's kind of sad how desperate Michael is. Yeah. I think that's... I mean, it's more... It's pretty much just what his character is. I think just with how old he feels like he's getting. Yeah. And I feel like because he's not in the loop with a lot of his employees, it just kind of makes him feel even older, which I think is why he's kind of, at least in the later seasons, why he kind of puts his own insecurities on like Phyllis and Stanley about like them being the old ones. Right. But Phyllis and him are the same age. (laughs) And yeah, I think he just, he wants to be one of the cool kids. Wants to be hip. Yeah. Going to the Bucks. Uh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy, man, he's just—he wants so desperately to relate mm-hmm. to Katie. Yeah. That anything, she could have said literally anything, and he would have been like, "Oh, me too." Yeah, I love that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like how Andy is in the later seasons, mm-hmm. where he's a yes man, and Michael's that with girls. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah (laughs) where i feel like i don't know with andy in relationships he's a bit more himself like he's still kind of a yes man but but he'll still stand up for himself yeah and he's not really afraid to be like show what he his interests are yeah i think just because with andy it's you know someone has chosen to be interested in him so he's like this is me you know and whereas at work he's trying to climb a ladder and with the relationship mm-hmm. it's not really the case yeah that's for true him. but yeah michael is definitely a yes man when it comes to girls <laughs> um and this episode starts with michael being like constantly distracted mm-hmm. um he's on a call with jan and he's playing with pencils on his desk right <laughs> which seems like a callback to an earlier episode where jim puts pencils <laughs> yeah, all around his desk <laughs> Um, I've seen this before. Yeah. Uh, there's a couple things that I've noticed about Michael's character that follow him throughout the entire show, where he hates the sort of routine maintenance in a leadership position, and he's always looking for a deeper meaning. He overthinks, and he loves fantasizing about future possibilities. Yeah. Um, and I think this is showcased definitely in this episode, where, like, you know, it starts out with him hating the routine maintenance with jan Uh, i just don't think he's really born to be a manager um because he just he wants to be on the floor with everyone yeah you know with typically a manager position you know you're in an office with like a closed door and while he likes his personal space it's more so that he has the creativity and freedom to just do his own thing yeah instead of like I need my personal, like, you know, you can't bother me. (laughs) Right. Um, Yeah, it's interesting mm because he, 
it is a weird sort of path that he's on where he is a manager mm. because I'm thinking of when he does like a temp job at the sales yeah. place and all the employees there love him. Like they love talking to him uh-huh. and they think he's really cool. Yeah. But it's because I feel like it's because he's one of the employees. Yeah. And, and he's like defying the manager. Yeah. <laughs> and so I wonder if he thought if he thought he would gain more friends in the office by being the manager because he would be like the cool mm-hmm. manager and everyone yeah. would look up to him and think he was really awesome. But I just wonder if those were some of his expectations. But then he realized that. Mm-hmm. Just being a manager in and of itself means that people are most likely going to not like you as much. Yeah. Just because you have some kind of authority over them. And Mm -hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, And the reason I'm bringing out these like very specific things is also because I looked at. So when you take a Myers-Briggs personality test, it tells Mm -hmm. you who you're similar to. And one of them is Michael Scott. Oh, really? Um, Yeah. It's like. ENFJ, I think, hmm. is his personality type. Interesting. Um, and I just read through that when I was watching Hot Girl because I I was thinking about, like, the reason why he does everything in this episode and also what he would be doing behind the, the scenes of what we don't see. Mm-hmm. When you're reading through those uh, personality traits... It says you're not really a good manager type. Huh. And you, if you are in that position, you like to be on the floor with everyone else. And, right. But some people won't like your style because you're so free form. And people, some people like a structure when they're working. Yeah. But it also talks about how you want to follow many different career paths and you have so many different ideas about like oh i'd like to do this i'd like to do this right and which makes me think of like michael and his dream where he makes um (laughs) his movie oh yeah (laughs) and but he also has all these different shoe lava yeah his different business ideas and he wants to write a book (laughs) and he you know all these different things that he wants to do um which just you know leans into all these different things that he does. Um, um, Especially in this episode, it showcases how his character type does in trying to pursue someone and um, just how he overthinks like everything Katie says in the episode where she like, she's like, I'd like a cup of coffee. And then he just sticks with that. (laughs) He's like, okay, you like coffee. (laughs) So I'm just going to think this is the one thing that you like. <laughs> yeah, that's so funny. He doesn't try to learn more about her. Yeah. But instead, he thinks if I relate to her, I know that she likes coffee. Mm-hmm. So I see a fellow. What does he say? A fellow. I saw a fellow. Um, like I know a fellow's Starbucks. No, it's like a, I don't know. It's like a caffeine fiend or something. Oh, Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, he just sticks to a very specific thing. And um, he definitely fantasizes about the future possibilities of what he'll do with Katie. Yes. Um, Specifically, like, when he's talking to Dwight and then he does, like, 
I don't know, maybe we get coffee and then <laughs> yes. I that, wanted that, to bring that. <laughs> <laughs> I just love that that was a part of his like fantasy <laughs> is that they would go and get coffee because mm-hmm. she loves coffee, obviously. <laughs> yeah. So everything Michael does in this episode is related to coffee in some way. It seems like <laughs> he buys an espresso machine when he finds out he can <laughs> buy a sales incentive. <laughs> I'm really curious about who won that. Cause I know, I was curious too. He talks about how Stanley's definitely going to be the one who <laughs> wins it. Oh, I'm wait. like, really? <laughs> oh, wait, did he say that? I thought when they were drinking the espresso, it was like, like he's going to win. <laughs> oh. He was like joking with her, I feel like. I thought he was talking about Stanley when he says that, but... Yeah, he was, but it yeah. seems like it was like sarcastic. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> he was joking with her. Yeah. But yeah, I, want, I wish we would have known. Yeah that could have been interesting to see (laughs) i just love like it doesn't even have to be like a big scene it's just the person who wins gets given the coffee machine at the end Uh and it's like out of the box and it's completely dirty (laughs) because we see it in the background and there's like napkins everywhere because he like spilled everywhere (laughs) and he's trying to like clean up all the espresso that he spilled and so (laughs) i just feel like if they ended it on like that clip of just like Stanley holding the espresso machine in the parking lot, and he's just good. like, I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> <laughs> I also thought it was funny that when Michael is sort of trying to show Katie around the office, mm-hmm. he takes her, the first place he takes her is back to Toby. <laughs> I just thought that was so like, why would Michael take her to see Toby? <laughs> was that the first person? Wasn't it? I guess Oscar, but Oscar was on his phone. Uh-huh. Oscar the Grouch. I guess it wasn't the first person I was thinking about it. Because yeah. he did Stanley and never mind. But he did go to Toby, though. Still, I, It seems I, like he would avoid the annex at yeah, all costs. <laughs> yeah, I think so, too. But it's funny because I feel like maybe he wanted to because he was like, if I show her Toby, then in comparison, she'll look at me and she'll be like, wow, true. he's an amazing guy. <laughs> Um, but they went to this, Toby and Katie went to the same Christian school. <laughs> That's so random. It, yeah. So is this a high school? Or it's like it... a Christian based school. It's apparently like a real school in Scranton. Oh, really? And then it was renamed, but it's like a Christian based kind of high school. Interesting. But I'm thinking of when they go on the boat, mm-hmm. Katie talks about, her high school experience and how she was a cheerleader. Oh, yeah. And I'm like... They don't have cheerleaders. <laughs> a Christian school. Would they... Maybe, maybe she was a cheerleader for the first few years of high school and then transferred to the Christian yeah, cause high she, school to graduate. They were, like, rivals with Roy's right. team. And I'm like, I feel like a Christian school wouldn't <laughs> be that. But I don't know. It seems like some Christian schools probably have football i yeah i know some christian schools have football teams i don't know maybe they just dress like angela the cheerleaders <laughs> they might turtlenecks and... yeah <laughs> but yeah and then michael just mentions everything that's not a good quality about toby so they'll it'll be uncomfortable right. <laughs> how's the divorce going <laughs> you have a kid don't you you're still living in the car <laughs> Oh my gosh. And there, I always like to watch the deleted scenes when I can. Mm-hmm. And there's a deleted scene of that, of a different take when he trashes Toby. And the <laughs> one they took out is so much worse. <laughs> he like 
just rails Toby <laughs> so bad. Do you remember anything that he specifically <laughs> says? He says, I feel like I wrote something down. Uh-huh. Um, but he's talking about just his divorce. Like, it's he makes it seem so devastating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's so <laughs> funny. <laughs> and the picture of his girl is different than the one that he brings to work, right? I feel like the one in the picture has, like, dark hair. And then when it's bring your daughter to work there, it's, like, she is blonde light blonde. Yeah. Or, like, dirty blonde. Yeah, that's probably true. Yeah. Which isn't, like, a big yeah. deal. I just thought it was interesting how they, like, didn't even try mm-hmm. <laughs> to, like, try and find a girl that looked like her. They were just, like, ah. Just some kind of little girl. Different hair. It is always fun to find little continuity things like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. And just... <laughs> Fact check them with previous episodes. Like, wait a second. <laughs> That's <laughs> this is <not> real. <laughs> um, according to my calculations, um, Meredith's birthday is not during that time because in a later episode, it's birthday month. So, <laughs> do you have anything written down about that? Um, I couldn't find. I just the only thing I said was Michael undermines Toby way worse in the deleted scenes. <laughs> Duly noted. <laughs> but yeah, it was way worse though. I wish I could remember something specific, mm-hmm. but yeah, it was really bad. Yeah. <laughs> um, and when Michael sees Katie for the first time, he's like immediately enamored with her, mm-hmm. which could just be the animalistic side of him taking charge. But I think it plays into his personality where he looks at her and says, oh, we'd make a great couple. Yeah. And also I feel like the entire um men of the office are like cavemen in this episode yeah like they're just like oh a new woman yeah (laughs) every single one it's true (laughs) yeah everyone like kevin just to give the horrible put down to pam it's so harsh yeah oh my gosh (laughs) you know she's prettier than you right that's a very rude thing to say kevin (laughs) Honestly, Pam handles that like a champ. I know that like hurt her. A yeah. Lot. How could that not hurt you? Yeah. But That'd like, be horrible. I feel like if someone said that to me, I'd just like walk off because I wouldn't know how to like handle the situation. Yeah. I'd be like, oh, I don't know what to do. <laughs> but like, she handles it like a champ where she's just like, that's rude. <laughs> yeah. Good for her for yeah. saying something and mm-hmm. not just being like, oh. Yeah. And just ignoring it. Uh-huh. <laughs> Cause yeah, that's yeah, no, yeah. It really is all the men, mm-hmm. I guess, except Oscar. But. <laughs> well, there are different reasons for that. <laughs> but yeah, even Jim and Dwight. I was when Jim is trying to convince Dwight to go and ask her out. They're mm-hmm. both facing the office and like directly pointing at her. Yeah, like she's they're not six feet her. away. Yeah, <laughs> which I thought was kind of funny too. Because <laughs> everyone's so obvious about how uh-huh. interested they are in her. I know. I I guess this is just because she had a ride, but I'm surprised she didn't leave earlier when she was like, this is a messed up office. We <laughs> right. gotta get out of here. <laughs> so I feel like it works in her advantage, though, because she's trying to sell purses. Mm. And so I bet she sells more purses because of her looks and just yeah. all the men who are like, oh, who go in to attempt to ask her out, but just buy a purse. Mm-hmm. To yeah. try to save themselves in some way. Yeah. And that's kind of what she comments on is like a lot of her customers are men. That's true. And she upsells things. Right. Because they don't know what they're looking at. Um, 
yeah, which I, I guess she's just like, well, they're all interested in me, so I'll just cash out and yeah, then may as well leave. take advantage of it. <laughs> yeah. I'm trying to think of everyone that bought a purse. Stanley bought a purse. Uh-huh. Dwight bought a uh, mini briefcase. <laughs> <laughs> I know Pam was thinking of buying one. Oh, yeah. And then Angela was thinking of buying one. Right. And I guess that's it. I guess so. I also like when Angela's looking at the purses and she asks what color she likes. <laughs> like gray, dark, dark gray, gray, charcoal. charcoal. <laughs> it's just such an Angela moment. And I I don't know if this is just me reading into things too much, but I feel like this is a first showcase of Angela being interested in Dwight. Or at least intrigued with him. Where Where is that? So when she's looking at the purses mm-hmm. and then Dwight walks in and says, I want to ask you a personal question. And then right. like, you know, when it gets awkward, there's like a close up of Angela's face. Mm-hmm. And she kind of like. You're just kind of reading into that expression. Yeah. It just seems like it's, I don't know, maybe slight jealousy or at least intrigue of oh, this is a single guy who mm. is looking for Some a kind girl. of romance. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think I could see that in that look. Like, mm-hmm. oh, like, it sort of opened up that option for her. And mm-hmm. her like, oh, Dwight is available or yeah. something. You know? Yeah, because I'm just trying to think of, like, the pinpointing moment where in... When, when is Jim's barbecue? It's in a few episodes. Yeah, it's in a few episodes. So I'm just trying to think of exactly when... Yeah, because there isn't really a moment that they document where they... They just kind of like subtly go into it. So I'm just trying to think of like, Mm -hmm. when was that first moment where they were like, we should be interested in each other? That'd be cool if they hid it somewhere. Mm -hmm. That'd make me really happy. If they just kind of hid it like in the background. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the way we really find out about it is Pam realizes that they're kind of dating yeah and i mean yeah with like jim's barbecue you know they point out each of their shoes right and then they have them like in the shed or something like laying on top of each other Uh and you just see their shoes and so you're like oh okay (laughs) i guess that's happening (laughs) oh man but yeah i'm because it they get with each other in a couple episodes. Yeah, so that's I'm just true. Trying it's pretty to... fast. Yeah. I was just like, maybe that's when it happened. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, we should try to figure that out. Because uh-huh. in the next episode we're going to talk about, there's not really like a big moment of that Mm-mm. yet. So, yeah, I guess we'll just have to keep looking for mm-hmm. it. Sorry, we can go back to just a point you're making about Michael where... Mm-hmm. He, when he saw her first, he sort of thought yeah. they were meant to be, uh-huh. and I, I thought that same thing. Like I figured, as soon as she walked in and he saw her through the blinds, he just imagined that moment and telling it to their grandchildren. <laughs> like he just, he says, and I looked through the blinds, and that's when I knew <laughs> that she was gonna be my wife. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we still drink coffee every day. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, Michael's personality seems like someone who wants to get to know a specific person individually. Mm-hmm. He comes across as like overbearing and frankly obsessive, but I think it's proven 
when Michael is showing Katie around the office and Pam comments on how Michael finally has someone else to focus on, that he will do anything to please someone. Yeah. Especially when there's prospect of dating. True. Um, so Pam does get a nice break in this episode. Yeah. <laughs> I just like the kind of... I was trying to look at like any kind of trivia or something on the IMDb page, mm-hmm. but you know, it just had like little quotes from them and it had that moment included. And it just like had in brackets like coily smirks or something. <laughs> <laughs> and then I rewatched it. I'm like, I guess you could get that. It's one way to sum that up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think to her advantage, I mean, Katie is kind of like Pam 2.0. Yeah. Where, you know, she... There's a new girl in the office, so, you know, there's a 2.0 to replace all the times where she just gets belittled and overbearing Michael takes over. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Pam really goes through a number in this episode, I Uh feel like. Yeah. Because first we talked about that insult from Kevin. Yeah. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. And then in the break room... Her yeah, boys, like her own fiance. Yeah, it's like if I wasn't dating Pam, I'd totally, I'd be so on that. Yeah. <laughs> like, like um, how it's just crazy the things that he says. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to point out, like, you also get an inkling of how he deals with her being mad, mm-hmm. or his only way of making her feel better is tickling her until she's not mad anymore right but that doesn't solve anything yeah which just plays into their constantly not feeling in the right position to want to actually get married it's because they don't resolve anything right you kind of see how toxic their relationship is yeah like both of their personalities don't play well together Mm mm-hmm because Roy is really controlling and Pam can be submissive sometimes. Yeah. But then she kind of builds up resentments against him because he says horrible things like that. Yeah. <laughs> and he thinks he can just get away with it because she's submissive. Mm-hmm. And I'm having this thought of where we were just talking about how she stands up for herself when Kevin comments. Right. But... And then how I said I would just walk away in that situation. Mm-hmm. But she does that when Roy says it. Oh, that's true. Where if it's just a co-worker, she'll feel more inclined to say something. But mm-hmm. when it's her actual fiance, she's like, I'm just going to walk away from the situation. Yeah. What's their, what is her thought process behind that, I guess? What, what are sort of the dynamics that are different in that situation? Is it only because Kevin's a co-worker? Yeah. And I, she views him as an equal? I'm, I feel like it's just, I don't know. Maybe it's just, I'm thinking of she's more technically comfortable saying how she feels to Kevin hmm. rather than with Roy. Probably. Because she probably knows if she said something like that to Roy, it would just cause a bigger fight. Yeah, a bigger fight. Because he seems really stubborn. Uh-huh. I don't think he would be like, oh, you know what? I'm sorry I did that. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, I was just, it was a hypothetical, babe. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Because, yeah, when we go into the next episode, we see more of their actual fighting. Right. And, yeah, I think her process was Kevin isn't a aggressive guy. Uh-huh. He just says things off the cuff that aren't cool. But he's not someone to, like, raise his voice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if she wanted to, she could report it to HR without any true repercussions in her personal life that's true but with roy you know that yeah he's gonna be like yeah i was just i was just playing around i was was trying to make jim feel more comfortable yeah something like that and then (laughs) they just keep raising their voices until you know they someone walks away or i don't know jim intervenes or Mm -hmm. toby or someone but yeah i think she's just picked her battles and just i don't know again it just says a lot about their relationship with each other yeah where she does kind of have a comeback where she's just like we're not dating we're engaged Mm -hmm. but then like he doesn't apologize and so she immediately walks off where she's just like i'm not gonna deal with this oh my gosh the fact that jim is there for the beginning and the conclusion right of that he sees the beginning of the fight mm-hmm. and also their very awkward makeup where yeah. he has to sit at his desk and so... pretend to look at his computer. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's really cringeworthy. You uh-huh. can't help but just feel it in your stomach yeah. while you're watching that. Mm-hmm. And I also wanted to comment about like how precisely Pam sits on Jim's desk. Mm-hmm. Because I'm jumping to... at nearly the end of the episode Uh where Jim's like, I think I'm going to go out with Katie. Right. And when Pam walks away, I'm realizing that she's sitting like exactly where his like keyboard would be. Oh. So she's sitting like right in front of his work. Huh. Cause like when Roy is tickling her, she's more off to the side, Mm -hmm. but with, you know, the ending of it, she's like, Mm -hmm. Right? She's like, I'm just not going to let you work because I want to talk to you, you know? Yeah. Like, she's just precisely, like, sitting in front of anything that would distract him from her. And not like he would do other things while talking to her. But it's just, like, I don't know. I feel like she's just, like, precisely sitting on his desk. Plus, like, that's where he would, like, scoot into the desk. Right. That's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I wonder how choreographed that scene is. Mm Mm-hmm. Because also, the first time she's sitting at his desk, she's in the path between Jim and Katie. So -hmm. she's sort of in the middle. Yeah. Sort of blocking Jim from going to Katie. Mm -hmm. So that's an interesting insight. Uh Maybe that was choreographed that they they meant to put her there. Yeah. And when she's on the other side, at this point in the episode, Jim feels more open to going to ask Katie out. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, like, the, when Roy tickles Pam, that's, like, his breaking point yeah. of being, like, there's just no way I'm going to be able to talk to Pam about how I'm feeling. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you just see him, like, sitting at his desk and then he just stands up and he's like, let's talk about purses. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, yeah, I just, when I was watching that scene and she got up, I was just like, she was like right in front of his computer, wow. like not letting him scoot into his yeah. desk. Just like 
I'm like right here and <laughs> I don't want you to do anything else. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like Pam has some kind of knowledge that she's keeping Jim kind of on the side. Mm-hmm. It might still be just unconscious, but yeah. there's some part of her that knows that Jim is interested in her. Yeah. And I think, yeah, I think a lot of it is subconscious, but we see a really conscious moment when after she talks to Jim about he's going to go see Katie, Mm -hmm. we see her put on lip gloss. Yeah. And then, like, she puts it on and then she's like, she wipes it off. Yeah, she's And she feels embarrassed. Uh And that's a very conscious moment of her being like, I don't know what I'm doing. Uh Like, why am I trying to impress Jim? Like, you can just see that, like, running through her head. And also her face when mm-hmm. when Jim says that he's going to ask Katie out. You can see yeah. this, like, jealousy yeah. and envy of Katie almost. Yeah, because it starts out as, like, she first seems excited, but mm-hmm. I think that's because she thinks he's joking. Mm-hmm. And then the more that he, like, gets into it, she's like, oh, he's not, like, letting up on this joke. Like, this is actually what he's doing. Yeah. And that's why she just, like, awkwardly leaves. Because she's just like, oh. Yeah. Like, you're just not going to be available anymore. Yeah, it's weird. It's kind of a weird dynamic where she's... She definitely relies on Jim for an emotional connection Mm -hmm. to fulfill that emotional need in her life. Yeah. Because Roy is certainly not fulfilling that. Yeah. And so Jim is sort of like a outlet for her in yeah. some ways to feel like she actually connects with someone but then she can go be with Roy and I would I would argue that that's the reason her and Roy have lasted this long because if Jim wasn't in that picture I think she definitely would have broken up with Roy at this point mm. maybe I don't know maybe not but it just seems like it would have gotten really rocky really fast if she yeah. didn't have someone else to uh-huh. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And we're even, like, explicitly told that in this episode Mm -hmm. when Jim's like, Pam comes to me about her problems, like, with work and Roy. (laughs) Right. And that's about it. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, we're just explicitly told that, like, Jim is the reason Pam gets through the day. Mm -hmm. And she has someone to talk to that isn't Roy because he wouldn't understand the like touchy feely side of her. Definitely. Um, Cause things only really happen when Roy's in a good mood. And then if he's not, then it's just like two completely different paths. Like they just, they don't cross at all. Yeah. Big time. Yeah. It's kind of a weird, they have a weird relationship <laughs> and the fact that they've been together for so long is also kind of crazy. It seems yeah. like Pam's probably just gotten kind of comfortable. Yeah, that's the And thing. thinking that, like, the relationship that she's in is a normal relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I'm just thinking of, I don't know, I watch, <laughs> I watch, like, a dumb reality TV show mm-hmm. called Love Island where they just, like, try and date people in rapid succession that's the like simplest way i can explain it without going into vast detail about it but 
I feel like, you know, in those kind of shows, it's like sometimes they end up like kissing another person or confessing feelings for another person that they're not in a relationship with, Mm -hmm. but they're still with the person they're in the relationship with just Mm -hmm. because it's like a safe haven Mm -hmm. where they can just like lean back on it and be like, oh, that was just like for fun, but you're actually who I'm interested in. Right. Where it's just, she doesn't know how the whole gym thing is going to actually play out. So she doesn't want to have nothing. Um, so Roy is just kind of this safe haven for her where she's like, it's not great, but you know, I have someone to like come home to at night. Yeah. And I'm not alone. At yeah. Least. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's too bad. I'm glad they don't end up together. Yeah. That's all I can say. I <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But just analyzing their relationship right now is just. Yeah, you just, you don't know how they are still together. Because it's interesting that you bring up the point of if Jim wasn't there, they wouldn't still be together. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. Like, we've talked about it kind of before where this, I don't know, just trying to think if Jim wasn't in the picture, would she still be dating Roy or be trying to find other people or just focusing on herself because I I feel like her personality at the moment is so just passive Mm -hmm. and she doesn't know what is right for her and I just feel like she would have just kept holding on to this thing and I feel like they would have been gotten in gate like married sooner but i feel like it would have ended in a divorce yeah for sure but i think that they like would have gotten married and maybe like had kids and then like way down the line when she's like super depressed it's just like this can't i yeah. don't know how to <laughs> do this it's not working yeah and I feel like the only solace she would have is, like, talking to her mom. That's true. That does seem like another person that she is able to sort of express her feelings with. Yeah. So, yeah, I don't know. That's a good point, too. Mm-hmm. It could have lasted even longer yeah. if Jim was in the picture. I don't know. Part of me just wants to believe in Pam that she would, yeah. you know, just realize uh-huh. she's not in a good relationship. And, yeah. And want to explore herself, you know. Yeah. And understand what she believes in and Mm -hmm. do more art yeah i don't know i can just picture like her mom coming to like babysit or just calling her to like check in Mm -hmm. and she has like two kids running around and roy's at work and then she's just like hey pam how's it going and then she just like breaks out crying and then she's just like i can't do this anymore (laughs) Oh my gosh, that would have been tragic. <laughs> this could have... Like, this show could also be a family drama. Yeah. If it wasn't a comedy. Yeah. Like, if we took these stories, you wouldn't have to go very far to make them dramatic. No. You would only have to remove a few elements. Mm-hmm. And it would be, like, a really heart-wrenching mm-hmm. 
drama. <laughs> yeah. Because, like, there's even points where it already is. Mm-hmm. But because, you know, there's the levity of, oh, they're just going to make jokes at the end of the day. Right. Then you're kind of like, okay, it's yeah. fine. But there's, like, dark tones to, like, really just real-life things happening to these people. That's true. Um, and you really don't realize it. Yeah. That Because it's so easy to see them as sort of comedic figures mm-hmm. that are giving you relief. Yeah. But when you imagine them as real people uh-huh. going through, like, really deep stuff. Yeah. And most of them seem very depressed with their lives. Like, yeah. <laughs> It's pretty, it's a downer. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking of, like, early episodes. Like, you know, Kevin has, like, a skin cancer True. scare. Yeah. And then, you know, you jump to, like, people cheating on each other and um, divorce and coming out of the closet. Yeah. And. Uh, Decapitation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Drunk as a skunk. <laughs> His kappa was detained. <laughs> exactly. And that's why there's just like this levity to it where they're talking about someone being decapitated. And then it's just like, <laughs> His kappa was detained. <laughs> but yeah, if, if you, yeah, if you just remove some elements, it's... <laughs> it does seem like comedy is really comedy is a a result of tragedy it mm-hmm. seems like yeah that if we didn't have drama and tragedy comedy wouldn't exist because yeah. those types of things fuel wanting to make a situation lighter mm-hmm. and feel like you're you don't have so much burden on your shoulders yeah yeah i've been i've been doing a lot of research recently about the ins and outs of comedy mm-hmm. and you know there's a lot of there's like a quote by Bob Newhart that's like comedians are all in a way anarchists. Our job is to make fun of the existing world. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, yeah, there's just a lot of dark things that happen and, you know, comedians just decide that I'm going to make light of this so that people don't feel just so down about the situation. And yeah, the, I don't think like we'd still make jokes, but if there wasn't like anything dark happening, we'd have other outlets of laughing because mm-hmm. we'd always be in that kind of joyous state. Right. But I feel a lot of people see comedy the most when they're the most in the most dark places. In their yeah, life. totally. Like you want to find some way. I think it's certainly a way to cope with a situation because mm-hmm. if you just focus on all the horrible things that you're in and you don't try to find some way it's hard to do it in the moment but usually at some point in the future you can look back on a really dark moment in your life and find a comedic element Mm -hmm. and it seems like a lot of like this is a lot of what the show is doing is taking like really universal sort of darker truths of life mm-hmm. and saying like we can get through this together yeah and we can still laugh at things mm-hmm. i think that's how it helps people relate to the show it's like oh i've experienced that feeling before mm-hmm. 
But if you can find a way to laugh about it, it definitely helps. Helps you get through the day. Yeah. And definitely. you could just like put on an episode of The Office and, <laughs> you know, they can make you laugh. Yeah. Yeah. That's my spiel. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, yeah, it's true. Because I, I mean, like, a lot of people most relate with like Jim and Pam's dynamic. And mm-hmm. that's, I think, because a lot of people have sought after someone. <laughs> And it's been a tough battle. Yeah, there's a lot of weird, complex feelings. And it's usually not just like a cut and dry mm-hmm. type of thing. Like yeah. usually a person you have a crush on is already interested in someone else mm-hmm. or there's some other kind of weird thing that yeah. puts an obstacle in between making it a reality. Yeah. And even just like, even if you haven't exactly been through that situation or it hasn't worked out, you still look at it and you're like, I want to be in a relationship like that. Yeah. Because I feel like a lot of people are like, get you a relationship like Jim Pan. Right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so when Jim is talking with Dwight, like sort of hyping him up to go ask Katie out, mm-hmm. and he's convincing him that they have so much in common because they're both salespeople yeah. and he should totally do it. Mm-hmm. I, I have a sense that Jim is also sort of talking to himself. Yeah, sort of trying to too. give himself a pep talk. Yeah, and he's like, "Okay, I'll I'll just like send Dwight in right now and sort of test the waters yeah. through him, uh-huh. <laughs> but also make it a joke to get closer to Pam in some ways." Yeah, um, and it's just it's interesting how Dwight ends up to be his guinea pig in a lot of situations. <laughs> <It's> true. <laughs> so he he gets him to go ask Katie out, but then it just turns out horribly for Dwight. <laughs> I find it so funny that like Jim said, you know, if you run out of things to talk about, buy a purse. And right. the first thing he does is buys a purse. Cause he's like, well, I got nothing to talk about. So I'm just going to buy a purse. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I feel like just as soon as he like walked through the door, he was just like, well, Okay. Um, I'm Okay. <laughs> just gonna touch a lot of them and whack them on tables and see. <laughs> she finds my aggressive spirit to be <laughs> interesting. <laughs> on like a just an animalistic level. <laughs> I want a strong man. <laughs> but Dwight has a comeback though. I bet he does freeze up in that moment. Mm-hmm. But then. I wonder if also what's running through his mind is, oh, wait, what if it's against the rule to be in an office relationship, you know, because he asks Michael's permission to yeah. date her. And Michael's like, well, she's not a permanent employee, mm-hmm. so that's OK. But you should know that I'm driving her home later. <laughs> but it's interesting. Dwight has like a serious conflict about that. Yeah. Because he's fighting himself if he should defy Michael or ask Katie out. Uh-huh. And he's just sitting at his desk and he just stands up and goes to ask her out. Yeah. And just gets blatantly rejected. <laughs> but kind of good for him for just going for it. Yeah. And just trying to ask her out. Mm-hmm. But it's interesting that he had such a conflict with yeah. Michael. Yeah. Over her. And really... It almost seems like all the single men in the office are gunning for her, which we already mentioned, but uh-huh. they are all competing in some way to see if they could get her, if they could be the ride home, you know? Yeah. <laughs> I, 
yeah, I'm just, I think, I don't know. I found it so interesting when Jim, um, when Dwight had to ask Michael if it was okay, when Jim had already, like, told Dwight that, like, Michael isn't your relationship manager. Like, That's that true. kind of thing. Yeah. Where, you know, even though he got this confidence from someone else, he still was like, I just had to ask Michael because, you know, it, I'm asking her in the office. Right. And it might be weird <laughs> if you're like, show up later. Yeah, Dwight definitely has to go through the chain of command mm-hmm. to get something done. Yeah. So I think he feels like it's wrong to just do something mm-hmm. like that without someone's permission. Yeah. I think we should also talk about just the ride home in specifically. Mm-hmm. Just like the process of Michael cleaning his car and then him getting ready for Katie and then Katie's rejection and, you know, all that. Mm-hmm. Just like the whole process of Katie needing a ride home. Yeah. Um, and, you know, when <laughs> she agrees... To Michael driving her home, he seems shocked yeah, that a does. pretty girl would even agree to hang out with him. <laughs> like he's been rejected so many times, whether it's platonic or romantic. Mm-hmm. Like he's just not used to someone saying yes to him. He was really excited about that. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know he goes even further to make an effort to clean out his car mm-hmm. to make sure that it looks really nice for her, and. You know, she'll have a refreshment in the <laughs> in the cup holder. Blue Blast. <laughs> oh, I love Blue Blast. Um, yeah, he does go through a lot of effort to... He's like, okay, I need to make this perfect because she's going to be the one. And mm-hmm. I need to make sure that the story is romantic in some way. And I can, yeah. and I can tell my future children that... I got my car all cleaned out for her because it was a mess and I had filet fishes everywhere. (laughs) (laughs) But it's funny. And it's also interesting, Michael's view on her throughout the episode. He initially sees her as like, wow, that's a hot girl. And then this could be the love of my life. Mm -hmm. And then when she rejects him, she goes from being that hot girl to I could pick up a stupid cow at the bar any day of the week. But the people at the office are priceless. And I'm going to remember their name the day after. Right. So it's just interesting how as soon as she rejects him, she goes from a hot girl to a stupid cow. I just thought that was kind of telling of his character. Yeah. But... I'm sure that when Katie left with jim instead of michael Mm -hmm. he's just like i don't know i feel like on the surface he was like oh yeah she's just like a stupid cow but like on the inside like he stayed up late that night for sure and like just overthinking like what jim and katie were doing oh yeah why katie abandoned him and what it meant and what could have michael done differently i could almost see michael like kind of stalking them yeah (laughs) like he would follow them to the bar, and, like look through the window <laughs> and try to figure out what was happening. <laughs> and he's just silently trying to sabotage it somehow. I don't know. He just like goes in and like hangs out with 
a random group of people. <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, who are you? And he's just like, don't worry about it. I just, I'm like, what are you looking at? <laughs> and then he just like, as soon as he like sees him about to lead into kiss, he like runs over and he's like, hey, <laughs> I didn't know you guys crazy were going to be here. Crazy to meet you guys here. I'm just here with some old buddies. <laughs> yeah. I go here every night. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's just like in his personality to just wonder what he could do to try and change the outcome. Yeah, that was, especially when it involves himself. Yeah, I think that's definitely true. That on the inside, he was for sure devastated by that, mm-hmm. and definitely stayed up late. <laughs> just, <Yeah. laughs> it's so sad. Oh my gosh! Every time I think about him, <laughs> just being at home alone mm-hmm. when he's not at work. And just the thoughts that go through his head. Yeah. I'm just so worried about him. <laughs> <laughs> he ends up okay. So <laughs> it's just so depressing. Yeah. Oh man. Yeah, but I I just the whole relationship side of Michael has definitely shown through this episode of just him trying to like it's a very I don't know. I feel like we talked about how everyone relates to Jim and Pam's relationship, but I feel like everyone relates to Michael's situation as well. Yeah. Where you don't even get the satisfaction of like, at least for a long time, you don't get the satisfaction of ending up with the person you thought you were going to. Mm -hmm. And he's just always stuck in these like problematic relationships and sometimes keeps going back to them. Right. And, and you he's, know. he's really just looking for love, but yeah. he can never find it. Uh-huh. And he's usually, when he's in a relationship, he's usually pretty open and vulnerable. Yeah. Like, he's not very... Like, there are a lot of downsides to being in a relationship with Michael Scott, don't get me wrong. But, <laughs> <laughs> like, at, at some levels, he's definitely really honest, and he expresses how he feels, and mm-hmm. he certainly cares about you. Yeah, like he goes, that's the main thing. He goes through a lot of effort to show that he cares. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, his character's still kind of iffy in this season. And I want to talk about it more in the next episode because it's season two and that's when everything changes. Yeah. Um, but in this season, he's more of just a sleazeball. Like, that's we true. We just don't really like him all that much. Yeah. Because... Because we've watched it so much, we know who Michael is. So we put all of his other personality traits from all the other seasons into this one. That's true. If you're just looking at him objectively in this season, there aren't really any redeeming qualities about him. (laughs) Yeah. And, you know, that's why he kind of shifts in the later ones. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, like, you know, when you're just looking at this from the first time, you're just like, why do people like Michael? Yeah. He's just the worst. (laughs) Um, yeah that's true yeah that's a good point mm -hmm. and also i think part of that is because i think he's largely based on ricky gervais character yeah that's the reason and they're still trying to find sort of the americanized version of michael Mm -hmm. scott but yeah and i always forget that ricky gervais was like a producer on this show yeah like i when i was watching it i was like oh yeah he's in the credits like he's an executive producer yeah i wonder how involved he is Uh uh-huh be interesting to find know. out i mean with like executive producer you're not you know like the main producer um does that mostly yeah. mean it mostly means like you're funding things right yeah 
it's usually like if yeah if you are kind of helping in any kind of way whether financially or just i don't know just supporting it Uh you get like a little a lot of people give like little titles in the credits of like you helped this project oh right maybe like that's the kind of thing because with mine with my film that i'm making we're doing like an annual benefit and people who donate a lot get a a thing in the credits of like an executive producer i think so maybe like that's the kind of level he's at okay but you know like his he's involved with this at some level yeah for sure which is it's cool to see that like um the person from the uk version is supporting the u.s version yeah that's true i'm glad it was more like that and it yeah. wasn't like wow you guys are trying to rip uh-huh. off like i don't think you're gonna do as good of a job yeah all that type of stuff yeah because i feel like that's kind of a lot of the personality in a lot of like hollywood type things where like i don't know someone does something slightly like another director and they're like oh you're just ripping off uh alfred hitchcock <laughs> right <laughs> <laughs> it's like no i'm paying tribute to (laughs) that like you know someone like soft reboots a series or a movie and then they do like similar shots Mm -hmm. from the original they're like oh you're just trying to rip off the original and it's like well it's based off of that one and i want to like give you nostalgia for the first one (laughs) (laughs) how could you even do that (laughs) (laughs) um i also want to talk about when katie leaves with jim Mm -hmm. and just like that tiny little scene where you know he's talking to katie yeah and then pam is like in the background oh yeah and and she's driving off off with roy yeah but she's looking at them Mm -hmm. and you're just like pam is looking at jim flirting with another person Mm -hmm. which he hasn't done like ever yeah that's true vicinity yeah and so she's seeing that for the first time and i think that's another moment where she's consciously realizing like why she's feeling this way Mm -hmm. about jim yeah i wonder if she realizes that jim has been flirting with her Mm -hmm. like maybe up to this point she's kind of been like oh jim's just like a good friend he likes to joke around a lot yeah but now that he sees, it, now that she sees it from kind of a third person, yeah, if, she, if maybe there was something that was kind of clicking, I think so. Because the he talks to Katie like he would to Pam. Yeah, that's true. Which is, I think that's just it shows how much he was at a breaking point where he's just like, I'm just gonna put all my feelings onto Katie now. Yeah, um, and he does have a lot of charm <laughs> he really does though yeah he's charming for sure yeah like because i i really love listening to sort of background conversations like that mm-hmm. it wasn't like you know where that was the main thing that was happening but yeah it, i was just wishing like wow i wish i could talk like that sometimes you know <laughs> yeah. just be so he was everything he said was like yeah charming and mm-hmm. made you want to be close to him yeah you know you said every right thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I think just Pam, like you said, seeing that just made her realize. And Jim is just, I think he just, 
put everything into Katie for a little bit and he's just kind of, I don't know, just like when Pam sees the same kind of vernacular that he uses with her, mm-hmm. you know, like that's when it clicked. Cause I feel like if Pam was in Katie's shoes, it'd be like the same, like, okay, don't freak out. Right. <laughs> this is a cool car. Right. <laughs> I think it's also, even if it's just like if Pam's still looking at it from a platonic level, which I don't think she is, Mm -hmm. but even if she was, it's just like he's being this good of a friend to someone else, which is a very like selfish thing to think. Yeah. But, you know, he is and he hasn't really done that with anyone else that she's seen. Mm Mm-hmm. That's true. It's it's, humans are so weird. Like I have, I have that same impulse sometimes where if I kind of have a good connection with someone on a friendly level Mm -hmm. and they start talking like really well with someone else, I get jealous. Yeah. It's like, why am I jealous right now? It doesn't even make sense. Uh But yeah, it's so weird. Yeah. Humans are weird. They have the same friendly talk (laughs) to a different person. What does this mean? I thought we were friends. (laughs) I trusted you. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. Well, I think after talking so much about how other people have hit on a hot girl, I think maybe I can talk to that sea otter chick. Do you think so? I think I can do it. All right. Let me know how it goes. Yeah. I I know that she likes coffee, so... Hey, I I saw... I was at Starbucks the other day. They have espresso machines on sale oh man really they're only 9.99.99 wow that's a pretty good deal i think you should go get one okay when i go to the bucks to see her i'll buy one and be like that'll impress her i'll just i'll just put this in your trunk it's for you (laughs) and then i think she'll date me i think so too yeah you should do it i i think yeah i i'm pretty i'm pretty solid on that i think this is gonna work out (laughs) yeah So, I'll let you know how it goes. Okay, get back to me. Yes. And I will have a pet sea otter in no time.